Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. And we're here for all the royal news you need to know. First, as always, those royal reminders. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and please send us an email. We love to hear from the Roros. Info at gallerypodcasts.com. Or a DM. We love good DM. Yes, we've gotten a lot of good DMs about suits in particular. Rachel, how are you? I'm good. I feel like it's been a heavier week. I think obviously with all the COVID sort of misinformation, like what's happening, I'm feeling a little bit like stressed about that. We are remote extended until 2022, we found out. So that's a big deal. But also just the Haiti earthquake, everything in Afghanistan. I think it's been a really... There's really tough so much tough going week. on yeah. right now. Yeah. We got an update from Harry on the Invictus Instagram and also from the Archwell website today, mm-hmm. actually, the day we're recording is Tuesday. And um, I loved the quote that it was, when any person or community suffers, a piece of each of us does so with them, whether we realize it or not. And though we are not meant to live in a state of suffering, we as a people are being conditioned to accept it. It's easy to find ourselves feeling powerless, but we can put our values into action together. And then they go on to list a bunch of charities that and organizations that are working to help Haiti and also Afghanistan. And I feel like that was something that I felt like I, I did feel really powerless in all of this. And just seeing the news cycle, it's like, yeah, every time I open Instagram, there's another picture going viral from, I don't know, the tragedy that's happening over there. And so it was nice to see them direct some of their attention to some charities that are really doing something to help out. Yeah, I think that that those words are it really articulates what, what so many of us are feeling. Yeah. Megan and Harry both mentioned World Central Kitchen as a place to donate, and they're providing meals on the ground in Haiti for those that are impacted. And then for Afghanistan, Women for Afghan Women is working to provide safe shelter and aid to displaced women and children. So organizations, we're sharing them here just so you guys can look them up if you are looking for a way to help. I know that I am and Roberta too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this week, though, we do have a lot of exciting stuff to talk about, royal news always, but we also have a very special guest joining us. Many of you know her as Duchess M.M. Grace on Instagram. By popular request, we have her on the show, but also we've been working on it for some time. Her name is Alex, and she's the lady behind the account, which is dedicated to all things Harry and Meghan, but she's just a general Royals fan long term. So knowledgeable. She was like, oh, this is the one year anniversary of this. I was like, what? Yes, a wealth of And she's joining us to talk about the latest headlines surrounding the Sussexes, but also spill on what it's really like to run a royal fan account. Fascinating. We're also talking more about Prince Andrew and the repercussions of Martin Bashir's Panorama interview. We have an update there. Those Meghan and Kate Netflix rumors and so much more. Roberta, what are we sipping? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Cheers. Cheers. With my <laughs> glass of water, Me I didn't too. do anything this week. <laughs> Me too. I'm so disappointed in myself, but I'm kicking Me off a, a mini vacay, so I'll be sipping oh, this that's week. Right. Yeah. 
ah, you're going to be in Maine. Yeah, Yay. just one last hurrah before school starts, you know, and then we're buckled down for those. Like, uh, this is my first school experience, and I'm realizing, like, oh, all hope of any travel is kind of, like, dependent on Finn's schedule, so. Yeah. Fascinating. But hydrating before the fun begins. You You'll know it. a lot of fun on the beach. You good. know it. <laughs> um, I want to read a listener email while we're sipping. It says, hi, Roberta and Rachel. I love the podcast. You two are a delightful addition to my week. Thank you. That's so kind. Aww. I recently listened to the podcast discussing Diana and Charles's wedding where you mentioned that the music selection was intentionally chosen. This podcast inspired me so much that a week later, I selected the music for my own wedding ceremony. Of course, I selected the Prince of Denmark's March, which is the same song that Diana walked down the aisle to. I am thrilled to use the song, feel a tiny bit royal, and 100% royally obsessed. It's a beautiful piece of music, and I highly recommend re-listening to it. Thank you for always bringing royal fun to my week. Sincerely, Jackie. Such a sweet note. Oh, Jackie, that's so nice. I also loved that episode. That's one of my favorites of all time. We did such a deep dive into yeah, it was so Diana fun. and Charles's wedding. Yeah, it was awesome. I know, I know. I, I do want to say, just a quick reminder, we did get some emails in the spirit of our Megan's 40 for 40 birthday ask, which we had put a call to all of you guys last week. We're still asking listeners to email info at gallerypodcast.com, podcasts with an S, if you're currently looking for a job or having issues or trouble re-entering the workforce we want to hear from you guys on how the pandemic has affected you and so send us your story and we'll just see where it goes right roberta we're kind of just we want to see if we can bridge this community beyond social media and we feel like this is a good place to start we want to give another week to hear from you all please 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 email us if you can info at gallerypodcasts.com there's an s on the end of that podcast just to reiterate. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. All right. This week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. First, we have to give an honorable mention. Princess Anne was born August 15th, 1950. She turned 71 this week. Um, but also, so we I need to mention that because we did get a listener email asking about when we talked about Megan's birthday. Megan coincidence, Megan wrote to us and she said, I know I'm a little delayed and this is after the fact, but the Queen Mother and Meghan Markle share a birthday. I think it would be neat to recognize the Queen Mother's birthday in addition to Meghan's for this week in royal history. Don't get me wrong, I'm a big Meghan Markle fan and was excited to hear about her birthday. Just want to be inclusive of other royals that played a major part in history. Keep up the great work, Meghan. And such a good call out. I feel like we totally missed mentioning that even yeah, in that episode. That was we were on so us. focused on the Duchess of Sussex, so... Great call. That's why I mentioned Princess Anne. But this week in royal history is actually Princesses Elizabeth and Margaret joined the British crowds on VJ Day, Victory in Japan Day, August 15th, 1945. So that's 76 years ago. We're flashing back. So we know that VE Day, May 8th, 1945, was a moment the Queen herself described as one of the most exciting nights of her life. She was then 19 years old Princess Elizabeth and her sister, 14-year-old Princess Margaret, who... They disguised themselves as mem members of the public, left Buckingham Palace to mingle with the crowd celebrating the end of World War II and victory over Germany. The sisters repeated this breakout, if you want to call it that, when they went incognito uh, the following evening and also on the night of and night after VJ Day on August 15th and 16th, 1945, which is why it's this week in royal history. So... It's just, I love this story. I feel like this is such a fun story, especially because the queen herself calls it like one of the most memorable nights of her life. The teenage girls left the palace with a slew of guards, ladies in waiting, and the king's equerry, Peter Townsend. Woo woo! <laughs> I know. 
Margaret. There was 16 in their party total, and they danced the conga up Piccadilly and St. James's Street and crammed in among the public. They were celebrating with all of the servicemen and women that were there. The Queen recalled these moments during the PBS documentary The Queen at War to mark the 75th anniversary of VE Day. Here's that clip. I remember lines of unknown people linking arms and walking down Whitehall. All of us just swept along on a tide of happiness and relief. So she's talking about VE Day, but it's the same thing happened a couple months later. So March to August, they they did it again. And I think that that was just such a testament how much fun they had that night, you know, being unrecognized by the public when they left Buckingham Palace. What a freedom, you know what I mean? That she just never gets. And you realize, like, hearing her talk about it, just how monumental that was for her. Well, and what stands out to me is you have to think the queen understands the most out of anyone in the royal family how important it is for people like the Cambridges and the Sussexes to live just normal lives, to be able to do that without being recognized. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why she kind of does have, you know, she has been more flexible in recent years than um, than ever before because she knows how important that is. I just think it's also so weird that Peter Townsend and 14-year-old Margaret were together at this moment. <laughs> like, he shared in all these really big moments in Princess Margaret's life, and you have to think there must have been an automatic, like, halo effect yeah. for her when they actually fell in love. Like, oh, all of her fond memories also have him there because it was her dad's equity. I don't know. It's just very interesting. It is. That, that whole relationship, I just, I'm so fascinated by I continually. All right, this week's Royal Rundown, we have updates on Prince Andrew, including what kind of sounds like a Royal Summit 2.0. I always think of the Sandringham Summit, but they're kind of dubbing it. Some headlines are calling it another summit overall. The Balmoral Summit. The Balmoral Summit. Yeah, exactly. So lots on this matter going forward. Scotland Yard is reviewing their decision not to formally investigate Prince Andrew for a third time. Dame Cressida Dick, which is... What a name to be the head of the (laughs) leading this. But she said, no one is above the law was one of her quotes. And then she also said she's open to working with authorities overseas. Just kind of feels like lip service. Like it's been a pretty long time that, you know, this hasn't been like, I I don't know. What do you think, Roberta? This is they're they're reviewing their decision. Like they are going to look into it more. Is that what the case? They're reviewing their decision that to not formally investigate and making sure that that was still the right call to make because they never formally investigated Andrew. Mm, So, mm. yeah. So I just think that that's kind of interesting. It is. It's interesting after the third time that they decided not to. Like they still stand by their choice is what they're basically saying, but they're going to check one more time. Yeah. We also heard, well, heard is the the operative word from Charles. um, (laughs) It's the whole flutter flurry of according to an inside source or credible source within the palace. Uh, Those are all starting to trickle out that Charles's view is that this whole incident with Andrew is unsolvable. The quote in the Times was, this will be unwelcome reputational damage to the institution. He has long concluded, he being Charles, concluded that it is probably an unsolvable problem. This will probably further strengthen in the prince's mind that a way back for the Duke is demonstrably not possible because the specter of this accusation raises its head with hideous regularity. Quite a according to source, right? According to sources comment to be made. Also, this line as part of that according to sources 
The prince loves his brother and has the ability to have sympathy for the slings and arrows that his brother endures, whatever the reasons may be. That, Roberta, like really bothered me because I was like, slings and arrows. I reread that a few times. Like, this is a rape charge. Like, yeah, they're talking about like traffic. So that's not slings like slings and like arrows feels a little too delicate. Yeah, definitely. That I really, really. That is, tr- to me, this feels like it's like being watered down to be something that's like, oh, like, you know, just some other royal gossip about Prince Andrew. It's like, no, 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 no. This is a much bigger deal. But yeah, continue. and it's really hard. I think we can't like ignore the context of also just like the treatment of Andrew versus Meghan and Harry. You know, I just feel yeah. like they were so crucified. And I feel like with all the Andrew stuff that's, you know, happening now too, there's still such limited coverage. And he really benefited too from like the last year where like Harry and Meghan have dominated the headlines still. Mm-hmm. And this is just like, I think of what we talked about on the podcast where it was like, remember um, Andrew out for like a horse ride, you know, at Windsor yeah. Castle and things like looking that. Jolly. Looking jolly. Yeah. And it's like, he really needs to answer for all of this. We've also yeah. heard about the Jubilee per sources as if this is like the big, like horrible part that there's worries about how Andrew's legal troubles could overshadow the Diamond Jubilee classic like classic that that's the biggest problem oh dear like that i mean oh no the parade isn't gonna be as good like (laughs) but also like this goes back to like these sources like why is this the narrative like why is this the response i just it's really really right like if this is coming actually out of the palace then like some this is not the right response they should be giving to the press like the, the press should not be briefed that in particular is what is concerning them is the Jubilee. Like, I think, you know, the queen celebrations will be okay, but Prince Andrew, like this is so separate and just needs, like you said, he needs to answer for what has happened. Yeah. And he he hasn't. And so we've also heard that William is in alignment with Charles on this in terms of Andrew's future role. The Balmoral, we talked about the Balmoral quote unquote summit, which I guess we're calling it that now. Let's call it that. That's what it is. You know, there's a lot of people there now. There's Charles, Camilla, the Queen, Andrew, Fergie, Eugenie. You know, that's who we know are there so far. But there's no statement from the palace. They won't speak supposedly on legal matters, which I guess makes sense because that could influence. But at the same time, we've heard nothing from Andrew, nothing from his legal team, nothing. Yeah. Do you think William and Kane aren't there because they want to distance themselves from Andrew? Like, I'm not sure. They're definitely not. And yeah, they're definitely not there as of yet. So I just think of the queen too. Like this is supposed to be like, you think about the context of, I don't know, her role in all of this, but like, it's just her vacation time. (laughs) Like it's not really the first time since Philip passed away going back there and they're clearly working out. You know, we know that Andrew's status is that He's obviously there. He's having conversations with his lawyers about his strategy, according to sources. He also has 21 days to respond to Virginia's lawsuit, the motion. I saw 14. I thought I saw two weeks, but maybe that was some, somewhere else. I think else. the time so said 21, 21 but okay. I don't know, maybe 14 since that lawsuit was filed. Like, I, I oh, wonder, like, it's probably yeah. two weeks left from around this week. Um, but so far, no response. So I, I don't I don't know what to make of that. There, We could end up seeing a trial two years from now, depending on how everything plays out. The, another concern that's being brought up is the queen and her age. I think that the story about William was that there's concern about what this could, the impact on the queen could have. But then we're hearing that the queen is also paying his legal fees potentially and all of these things. There's yeah. just a lot of, again, misinformation about all of this, but it's such a big deal. 
And well, I just wonder if like he'll he'll be forced to come forward with information just because we know Ghislaine Maxwell's trial begins November 29th. Is she going to spill even more about Andrew? Who knows? I feel like, you know, also yesterday we heard that uh, U.S. investigators say that Andrew is now a person of interest in their case, which we I think we've heard before. But this is like officially a source claim that he could be called as a potential witness for Ghislaine. So. Um, I think that'll be interesting if he's going to be forced to, although it seems like they're limited in their case for that because his lawyers might claim that he was a trade envoy to the U.S. during this time, which means he would have diplomatic immunity. Any royals who are working overseas have diplomatic immunity, it seems like. So it sounds like there's a lot of ways for him to skirt Yes, like wiggle and squirm his way out of this. Like, so. especially because of jurisdiction and all of that from everything I understand. The Times piece is yeah. really interesting. There's a, There are some really, like, in-depth grades. I think the D- Daily Beast did a great deep dive into it. But, ugh, it's so, so awful. And, like, the fact that this is still not, like, commanding as much attention as everything over the last year and a half. I'm curious what will play out in the coming weeks, months, it sounds like this is going to go on for a long time. And, you know, I just want to reflect quickly on the fact that Andrew still has his honorary military titles, his HRH title, so much more. Yeah. And we did have that one uh, source, Steve Scully. I don't know if you saw this. I did. On Sunday, he was a telecom specialist for Epstein, former telecom specialist. And he said he was there when Andrew was with Virginia by the pool that he wished he had his camera in his bag so he could snap a photo. It would be a $50,000 picture. Um, but he said they were bumping and grinding for supplements. If you want to like leave with a taste in your mouth that's disgusting, that's what I almost gagged just now um, <laughs> for several minutes before lying on lounge chairs by the pool. Um, and he said, if Virginia's lawyers call, I would definitely speak to them and I would give a deposition under oath telling them what I saw. He said, the funny thing about the truth is that it doesn't change. So you know, he Andrew is now like in boiling hot water. And so it'll be interesting to see. But I'm glad that we had a week to kind of digest this because I think we had a lot more information come out over the last week. And so I'll be interested to see how it all plays yeah, out. Yeah. Even just that the Palisades really question Andrew's story. There's a lot. I mean, it's all going to start a coming lot. out. So maybe we'll see a lot yeah. more headlines. But I feel like totally. Megan and Harry have After. been a real distraction from this for Andrew in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's and awful. they'll probably be laying low so they're not, so that the focus is still on that and not on anything else. So we might not see them go over for uh, Diana's statue, something in September celebration. But we have our wonderful interview with Alex, who runs the Instagram account at Duchess MM Grace. Here's that interview. Alex, what made you royally obsessed? How did you come to be a royal watcher? So for me, my mom loved Princess Diana. There's always been kind of like a joke that like Princess Diana was like an auntie in the Black community. <laughs> and that's kind of how like, I don't, yeah, my mom just thought she was amazing and totally badass, you know, the black revenge dress. And then Kate, I mean, Kate came on the scene and I was really young and it was like my first princess for me. And I mean, she was one of us too. So it was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like Princess Diana was my entry too. It's like it just yeah. growing up, it was like yeah. my mom was super obsessed. And I think just it came that way for me as well. Exactly. Like I just remember her fashion and just 
I mean, her fashion. I just remember, you know, there's always those pictures of like her walking through the mine and stuff. It just, she was so cool. That's what I remember thinking about her when I was young. She was so cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I feel like following up on that, we want to know what it's been like running a royal Instagram account, how you got into that. Um, it's, um, yeah. it's been really fun. I like it. It's really interesting. It can be very interesting. I've had, yeah some interesting experiences to overuse that word again <laughs> on there. But what drove me to is um, the Duchess of Sussex. I really love her account. And honestly, I really wanted to see more like black voices in the royal watching community because they're so little. So I was really inspired by her and knowing there was like, you know, a woman of color behind there. And I just thought like, yeah, our voices were needed more, especially we're circulating around the conversations going on. I felt like so much was missing from it. And I just love making style and I love like peeling back all the layers of her work. So that was a big one for me too, is like wanting to be able to share like my point of view of like her projects. And I thought it was really exciting, the little Easter eggs there. And how long ago did you start the account? So the funny thing is I originally started, I feel like three years ago, maybe, but like, wow. I was just like putting up pictures and like, I didn't even really use tags. I was very new I was pregnant too with my third child wow. and this is around when Megan was pregnant with Archie I had him and my son Paul in May so I was just bored and then I stopped and god I forgot what it's like started it again I don't know I think honestly it was just such all the trivial attacks against her while she was mm -hmm. pregnant and just wanting to be able to like enjoy her especially like her fashion stuff because I felt like whenever she made an appearance, it was so critical. It couldn't even be like fun, you know, like everyone's yeah. worried about every little wrinkle. So I couldn't just be like, but it looks pretty. So you're just like wanting to just gush about her without yeah. all the noise. And then, I mean, it just went from there. So it's been like a couple years now, pretty much off and on, but I feel like a full on year of me just being very consistent with it and, you know, trying to formulate things and yeah. get it out there but I drop in and out because family mental health everything well it <laughs> feels gosh, like yeah. it could be a full-time job too just yes. keeping up there's definitely the interest for sure exactly and I mean there's such amazing accounts out there and I give so much props to them because yeah it's hard for me to like keep up and I just get so I don't know my ADHD gets me everywhere about everything being perfect and then being exhausted by it yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine I, especially at, that's the one thing I was going to ask is how do you keep up with the news cycle. I feel like especially when before Megan and Harry exited, it was just like constant, constant. I, I was on Tumblr a lot too at that time. And that's where I met a lot of also Black Royal Watchers, which was oh, like- interesting. Which really kept me, I feel like in the Royal Watching community because I didn't feel like crazy, you know? Because that's what it was starting to feel like. Am I the only one seeing this? You know, like, yeah. you know, you just like feel like you're kind of in a void. So it was so great to talk to other people like, no, this is happening. This is bad. And like, no one's really talking about it. So yeah. that was really nice. And um, I think, yeah, holding on to that. And then I don't really like Twitter, but there's been some good accounts there to just, I feel like, who are legit and have really tracked well everything that's happened in the media mm -hmm. with, you know, Megan. But um, Tumblr is funny enough, actually a really great source for like royal news. And there's a lot of people that have been on there. I mean, since Kate came onto the scene and I have a couple people I know who, Diane, I forgot her Twitter username, but she has been royal watching since like 2011 really? and she's black. And it's been very awesome speaking with her and just talking about the levels to all this of like the differences of when 
before Megan and after Megan, especially when it comes to royal watching for mainly Kate, you know what I mean? And just how that changed and how so many opinions, it was like people you thought were really cool was suddenly like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, when all of a sudden Kate was in the same just image as another woman of color, it was really interesting seeing all of these mind frames just like shift and like i think we all expected obviously megan to go through stuff a royal woman marrying into the royal family unfortunately it's going to happen but even to us it was like shocking it it got like how fast it was i remember specifically at the royal wedding um the reaction from harry's family like when the preacher Mm-hmm. Was like, you know, doing his thing. I was like, oh, this might not be good. That incredible I just yeah. sermon. Yeah. But it, yeah, yeah, I remember like the giggles and the like, and it was just kind of yeah. like, and I remember talking to someone, they're like, well, you know, there's like the cultural difference. And I was like, there's true, but like the royals are the definition of class. And yeah. So that's mm-hmm. like not an excuse. And if anything, this is like, they've had, you know, American presidents come and stuff like that. You can't just be like openly laughing yeah Yeah. (laughs) I don't know it was just like I was like this might be really bumpy that was like my first thing yeah I definitely remember that yeah yeah that it might be a little weird Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know specifically from them and not just because the press was already getting weird but from them I was like I wonder if this is gonna get awkward quickly because they just seem so in their own world but it was like there's some awkwardness around (laughs) you know what I mean so absolutely but that's a good insight about um Tumblr because I also feel like I underestimate like sources like TikTok which is has a big like royal following presence and I don't but just in terms of news gathering on the on the subject I I I need to look into that more yeah what are those account names do you just so we can so there's a good one here her name is Jazam Girly, J-A-S-A-M-G-U-R-L-I-E. She's really good. Um, okay. I really like how she points out the differences we've been mm. seeing, especially from the firm and, you know, their unofficial statements and official statements. For example, the stuff that's happening with Andrew right now. Yes. You know, compared oh to yeah. the statements yeah. even after the interview, how quick they were to make a statement. And especially just like the flurry of just courtiers and advisors that came up to have an opinion and how quiet they've been since the Andrew, you know what yeah. I mean? Even off the record, it's been so, so quiet. It's been very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One of the pieces that I remember seeing that compared and contrast was um, a piece in Buzzfeed. I think it was mm-hmm. Ellie Hall that yes. was comparing headlines and yes. it was just like that seeing it side by side is so eye opening because you know the whole time, but then you just see it compared, right? Exactly. Like that and I think that also too, it's just like, like I try hard, I try hard not too much to focus on Kensington Palace, but the reason why I have is because they benefited more than anybody else, mm-hmm. and especially the Cambridges. So I think it's interesting seeing those headlines, and I think also going over the history before Megan, because people just seem to forget. Like first of all, the Cambridges and KP were had an okay relationship with the press before Megan came in. Honestly, they were bouncing back from some turbulent years of them rightfully so putting down boundaries with their children with the press and saying, stay away from them because they were doing, you know, they were just being very disrespectful. So I think people forget that. I mean, they were doing tours and without when they didn't bring the children, you know, like the Royal Roto was trying to like, you know, be snobby and be like, no one cares because the children's the children aren't here. Yeah. So it was very kind of turbulent, lukewarm waters going on there. So I think tracing that back, whether it's just like the really nasty headlines about Kate to just how they were just kind of like, eh, 
you know what I mean, sometimes and just lukewarm about her to how quickly it changed overnight when Megan came along. It was like, she is the most amazing thing that has ever happened to the royal family. William is amazing. He's smart. He's kind when... I mean, before they were writing about how he had a short temper, like Harry, you know what I mean? So it was yeah. just really funny seeing how overnight a dramatic, how everyone just kind of like went with it or a lot of people did, you know, and it was just yeah. like, no, the camera just like everyone had their drama. And that is the sad thing. That's how it is. Everyone exactly. has their drama. It was just, it was odd seeing it blown out of proportion. And I think the, what someone had brought up too, how like, the buzz around Megan was expected, you know what I mean? Because it happens with every royal woman. I think mm-hmm. it was obviously unique for Megan in many ways because of her race and being American. Yeah. But I think it showed how um, intimidated the firm was by her. And I, you know, obviously have to think it was all obviously her being a woman of color too and being beautiful, intelligent, and strong and opinionated. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a lot of white men there who did not expect for this woman of color to come in and say, I have an opinion and I'm going to voice yeah. it and I'm not right. just going to clip it, you know? Mm-hmm. And Carrie said, okay. Yeah. And I think that, um, I think that showed just how bad the jealousy was. Cause if they would have just sat back, it would have, you know, just been, you know, smoothed out, <laughs> you know, it yeah. wouldn't have been huge fear like just buzz around her like it always ends after like a good solid five years it calms down but I just feel like they were so intimidated by her they just wanted her to either be disciplined or get out but without Harry Mm -hmm. you know and I think that was really sad because it could have worked if they just would have left those solid five years of like oh my gosh a new person and then it just kind of like going back to normal yeah Yeah. well I feel like like one of the biggest examples of that is the bullying accusations that came out right after everything. I just feel like that is like such a shining example of when you, they want to focus your attention on something else, you know, right after the Oprah interview announcement. So yeah, that was pretty shocking. And I think that was, um, there's this really great article slash book. It's called um, white tears, brown scars. And if you read that, it really, I feel like, reflects on the situation from the Kate Price story to the assistant that left. And then we, like, you know, in Daily Mail with obvious an insight was saying that she quit in, like, tears. And then you find out in court documents later that she was released, you know, yeah. because it sounds like she did something really bad. So yeah. it was just, like, seeing how all of that happened. And even though we know those things, Megan is still paying the price for those mm-hmm. things for those lies and I think that shows what happens whether it's real tears or not just just the thought that this brown woman could hurt a sweet white girl was just like yeah they wanted to destroy her it was scary to see in a weird way you know Mm -hmm. it was like yeah because I remember just like the second year in like someone being like everyone's gonna think I'm dramatic but like the tat the royal rota even the firm is ready to sacrifice Megan even if it's her life because they'll get the sympathy story and she'll be out, you know? And it's yeah. sad and scary to think about that. But like when she revealed that she was suicidal, I was like, yeah, but it wasn't that shocking, you know, because it was right. like, how could she survive all that? And even just know like a tiny bit of what was being said about her and not be deeply affected. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I really remember being pregnant through that and my husband being like, you need to walk away from this. You're like upset. It can get that. I mean, I definitely yeah. feel like it's just, it's, it's something that we all, you know, we've come to the Royals cause we love, we've enjoyed yes. following over the years, but it's hard not to like really be, you know, you have to protect your mental little. health. Yeah. Yes, exactly. 
exactly. And just and like, it's like I the main message away. we have to take away from every, you know, everything we've learned from Megan and Harry too, is like your mental health. They've been exactly. so great at championing that. We did want to ask you a couple about a couple of recent headlines too. Just, you know, sort of one of the things, when do you think we're going to see Megan in the UK next? Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, see, I'm like so down the middle. If she would have came to the UK already, if there wasn't COVID and her yeah. being pregnant, because I honestly think Part of me thinks she would because I think she's made so much peace with everything mm-hmm. that has happened. Same, yeah. But at the I same want time, her inner zen of her. Like, exactly. Like, I'm I mean, just, that's farewell to her. That's what we all very, need like, to aspire to. Well, and I think yeah. she loved, like, London so much at the beginning. So I feel like yeah. she must miss it at this point, you exactly. know? Exactly. I mean, she, yeah, I feel like seeing Eugenie, the baby, I'm sure she wants to, like, do all that. But I also yeah. can understand it's, like, my mental health is also, like, we're not ready for all of yeah. this. I mean, I think Megan has... Hit it. We haven't seen a ton of her, and I have to think that's a lot by choice. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Really, right yeah. now, I just really don't. So, I think I don't know. Maybe in like a couple years, I honestly because they're talking about like, potentially September for an event with the yeah. Diana statue. But I feel like I just feel like again, COVID. Everyone pins it on so yes. many other reasons, but COVID yes. is really the reason that no one's doing all these big travels exactly. right now. Yeah. I think September yeah. could have happened. It would have been really exciting. But yeah, with COVID and I wouldn't take that baby a newborn yeah. too. Yeah, they. They have it. It doesn't seem like they've been traveling, but from what we know, so I'd be kind of surprised if like cases are going up. They went, you know what I mean? Yeah. They seem mm-hmm. to like only Harry has for necessary, necessary reasons. So if with COVID, I think it'll be maybe next summer. If so, I think it'll be really interesting too, though, to see what's going around with Andrew. Though I, I do wonder if that would affect their decisions at all. Yeah, because I feel like they also have a brand. I mean, they obviously have a brand now that they need to protect. And yeah, absolutely. Even kind of being involved with maybe being like the story to distract from this guy who's potentially a pedophile, it wouldn't be good for their brand. You no. know, that might be yeah. a good chance. Like maybe we should kind of like distance ourselves. Call maybe yeah. publicly, but I don't know. We should be like yeah. truth and color and jubilee while. Yeah. What, what, another headline, what are your thoughts on this announcement that Kate and Megan, I mean, that was like a weird, another, we've talked, we've talked offline about this, like according to a source, which is so frustrating. And like, yes, it like us weekly. So it's really hard because that's such an up in the air. And it got picked Um, up everywhere, but it's like, they're saying that they're collaborating, but that's frustrating that everyone picks it up too. Is this for the Netflix show? Is that the Netflix show? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I have so many feelings about that. Cause for one, I have to admit, I don't think that would it been like it's whatever for Megan. You know what I mean? I feel like that'll do really nothing. She doesn't need that, honestly. I feel like Kate does. So I'm interested. And if she does do it, part of me is like you're a much better person than I, because from what I read, the whole point is like kind of her doing a docuseries, whatever about Kate's work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I can't her charity work, like, yeah. A little bit frustrated because I'm just like. She got screwed over. She has to go mm-hmm. out of her way to correct the story. And be like, she's a good person. And then now she gets to benefit Kate by doing this document or whatever mm-hmm. about her work. I don't know. It just feels like yeah. she constantly has to go out of her way. You have to, one- to wonder. Kind. Yeah. You have to yeah. wonder if like, if it is true, which I'm not saying it is at all, but if it yeah. is true, I just wonder if like, you know, space heals. This is not the saying, the old <laughs> adage, but like space could heal, time heals all wounds. Like, I just think that maybe, you know, distance was good for their relationship. Yeah, maybe they yes. are talking from across, you maybe know, they've it's learned. easier than ever to get on Zoom. It's easier than ever exactly. to FaceTime. So. I mean, it does genuinely sound like 
they just never really got to know one another mm-hmm, because yeah. of everything between them. I mean, exactly. even like Omen and stuff has just really driven it home. Like you guys don't get it. Like there was no big beef. It's just, they never really, mm-hmm. yeah, it just never really connected. It never really happened. Now, obviously they have husbands who are feuding. It's just not leaving a lot of room for let's get to know one another in like two years when all this chaos is happening around us. Yeah. So yeah. I do hope they have came together. I hope behind the scenes, you know, Kate has really done the necessary things to apologize and with actions too. And it would be great. I would love more if they like sat down and talked about both of one another's accomplishments or like, I don't know, like have a little round table and chat. And I feel like that's what we all wanted to see for so long. I mean, just like Kate taking a photograph of something that Megan is a part of, you know, organization wise, just any little connection, her maybe wearing like a smart works, you know, mm-hmm. peace or, yeah. you know, like we want to see that awesome. so much because yeah, love, just any yeah. little connection. Well, even like the Princess Eugenie support of the 40 for 40 was so yes. like, I felt like I was like exhilarated by that. that just seeing, so, like, and, like, that's all we want. Refer to <laughs> Megan as like her cousin too. I've always yeah. loved that. It's so sweet. And I would love to see that with Megan and Kate. Like if yeah. Kate did a 40 by 40 call with someone, that would be amazing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Exactly. And I think like I've noticed she's, you know, with the baby to baby, the year anniversary came up of when she did the baby bigs with him, which was, I think, one of one of Kate's best projects, probably other than Hold Which Still. one was it? The, the baby, baby bangs with um oh, baby yes. to baby. Yes. Really great. And I know and her how they talked about it, like in the press release and her keeping up with them and stuff. I can really see it being like her smart works. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like being yeah. something she's really close to and constantly keeps up keeps up with and try you know pulls into other bigger projects and yeah. I really love that and like I would love to see them I don't know come together hey she does 40 by 40 so she is going for 40 minutes going to mit to our mom a new mom even if it's just like how to deal with it all yeah you know, just totally show of support totally. would be amazing exactly I feel, like. I feel like they don't understand sometimes how far that would go so much more mm-hmm. than bullying allegations and so oh, like my gosh, yeah, it's, yeah it's well so speaking bizarre. of speaking of that I feel like our last question we want to touch on is you mentioned courtiers and he said she said whatever what do you think about Harry's memoir do you think that's going to peel back the curtain on everything what, oh. what do you think he's going to cover I really don't know like Harry is such a wild card. I always, yeah, it's funny. Like people put that on Megan. I'm like, no, Harry is the wild card. Yeah. He's the one you should be afraid about talking. Okay. Mm-hmm. You should have always been afraid about him talking. He's made it very clear for like a decade. Like I want to write the stories. I want to yeah. clear things up. And now he has totally. the freedom too. So I really feel like he could dig or he could, um, I don't know, seeing what we've seen from like the Dak, Dak Shepard podcast in Oprah, I feel like it's going to be something there. And even like, you know, the docuseries with Oprah, but I feel like it'll definitely come from a place where it's not like I'm just trying to trash my family, but yeah, him I focusing agree. on how this, I mean, it is his world. It's so weird to try to say he shouldn't be able to talk about his literal life, yeah. you know, just because it involves the Royals because that's his life. You know, yeah. I feel like sometimes people try to correct Harry on like royal things. I just sometimes I'm like, but he's the royal. Like how can we correct him something he literally lived? He you lived know, maybe through, we think yeah. it's like this, but it must actually be like this. He lived it. Yeah. I, and I always it. feel like you re- you know, you mentioned the Dax interview. I felt like that came from such a productive place. Like I really yes. felt like there are moments when I'm listening a lot of the time to Harry and Megan, but I feel like I like transcend and I'm like, how does this I forget that I'm listening to Harry. It really does exactly. make a difference and has things where I'm like 
I need to apply this mentality to my own life. And I think that exactly. I always feel like he has him. I feel like with Archwell and everything, that's where it's coming from. Yeah. And that's kind of really validating for them in the work and where I'm excited to see what comes post-COVID exactly. or in the coming years. So They've stayed away, I feel like, yeah, from trying to go that, like, let's trash the family. But, like, that's just not been a part of their brand. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's been a very totally. set the record straight. And I think for Harry, it's been a lot for talking about his mental health, but also encouraging a space where people can just talk about their mental health. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And whether it sounds weird, looks weird, whatever. And I also really hope what I see from him is a lot of open honesty about his own mistakes. Exactly. You know, beside the Nazi costume, you know, which was also literally at, like, colonial and native parties like that's just like sickening on so many levels Mm -hmm. it's making fun of what they know how bad it is and um but um just from that to the middle eastern slurs to like i remember in 2016 he had made a statement to like some comedian like oh you don't sound black like Mm -hmm. he needs i want him to be open about his own past of racism and microaggressions and You know, I like that he's talked about racism separately from Megan. You know what I mean? You know, I think that's nice. It shouldn't just be like, hey, I have a biracial wife. So now I know about racism, but let's mm-hmm. talk about outside of her. And yeah. I think he needs to talk about his own past in those ways. He's talked just, about unconscious bias a lot, too, yes. in a couple instances. And I think that that's yes. really eye-opening for a lot of people. Exactly. Um, I want him, him to, to like it. feel it back more. And I feel like this yeah. is such a good space to talk about that, to be like, yeah, I grew up elitist. Like I had a mass privilege yeah. like no other. And with, you know, with comes mass privilege and when all the black and brown faces that you are seeing is when you're either doing charity work or they're cleaning the carpet, it shapes something. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? It shapes a right. certain kind of thought. And, you know, hopefully, yeah, just being very open about it. And the fact that he, even as an adult, he's still stuck to that until his wife went through hell. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I had put up like a TikTok the other day about, how Blackman was talking about being married, being married at one point to a white man and how he let his family just talk about her and their child in any way. And at one point she says that he needs to be on that Prince Harry stuff. You oh, know? I saw this that you yeah. posted it. Yeah, that was great. Yes, and I love <laughs> I that because it this. is so important. So it's like, I'd love for him to be honest about his past and how he hit that point of like, this is wrong. I need to go all out. And like, I can't just like, hey guys, racism's bad, but it's like, drastic measures that are gonna have to be taken because that was a huge step and like I said I know some people at first were like people are making him into like some hero and he's still Harry he did this and it's like that shouldn't be ignored but y'all shouldn't shouldn't ignore what he's doing now especially yeah. compared to his family who did nothing that's a lot that was his life I don't know anyone in his life who was leading him to take those kind of actions so I would love to yeah. know like how did you get there? Like, was there who was encouraging you to get there? I think that the <laughs> memoir, this is like a perfect outlet for us to hear exactly. more. So like, we're really excited. I the lead up. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I also feel like he's just so eager to correct some of the wrongs that have been printed in the press. So I'm, I'll be so curious if he does address yes. some headlines, especially pertaining to Megan that have been circulated so much. And it yes. just like they all did the in the Oprah. And yeah. Megan yeah. in the name. I mean, even Lily's name. That was still very interesting because, I mean, I know it's a debate and I don't know where I am on it now because I've talked to a couple people who are like, the queen had to be a part of that leak. That she knew that one someone from high up was going to go to BBC and be like she didn't approve it. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, see, some people think she knew about that and I'm like, oh. That oh, man. Just, like, I don't know. Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> if that feels that. too trivial for her, I feel like, I don't yeah. know, maybe I'm wrong. But, but at the but same time, like- that's the complication, though, is, like, how do they not know? Like, that's what I think the disconnect really happens that's for true. me is, like, with all these people kind of puppeteers behind the scene, like, these leaks coming out, like, 
how can you be like the head and not exactly. be aware and not know the part yeah. that I'm constantly grappling with, I think. It's constantly. And I always feel like too, it's very interesting. I feel how feel like how the queen Camilla and Kate have all kind of perfected though this public persona where it's like we know them but we don't know them mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. you can never really pinpoint if they could have maybe been a part of something you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it's like when we debate about like okay could the queen could have done more or how much did she know to like could Kate could have done more how much did she know you know I think that's really fascinating and it says mm-hmm. a lot about their PR and how well they're doing yeah it. Okay. Kale, while we're like oh Charles and William for sure but with them we're like I don't, you know, I and also know. I feel like too because we like them and yeah. we don't want to think of them like we don't that. want to so alter hard to like break past that and like oh I've got to give it to their PR, but at the same time it is frustrating because it's frustrating it gives us a little to work with, which usually doesn't always say the greatest thing if you think about it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, the queen obviously, whether she knew or not, she is the head. She should have known, and if she doesn't, she's doing terrible as a boss. I mean, she has been. Like, she has been, you know, with Andrew yeah. alone, and then this and stuff. She's been a terrible boss. And, or like, the people below her that are calling the shots are exactly. terrible, but she should know that. Then that and it's should like, be Charles, yeah. fire someone. You pushed someone out before on her team. Why aren't you pushing these people out? You yeah, know? Like, we did see a lot of staff turnover earlier this year, though. So it was like, oh, Rachel true. and I were like, we're hopeful that like something's going to. Yeah, change I think that at that's some point. my curiosity is. How how this is like what's to come as there's a changing of you know exactly. with, I hate to say changing when the, of the old passes guard. away yeah. like I literally yeah. hate saying there's those words so but like much, it's gonna be so and I mean I've said and I'm like I'm American it will be sad but I also be very interested to see what happens there's just so much going on so much world. is and at stake so going on politically that you can also trace to like the British royal family and just like their history yeah you know and it's like our people want to keep people in power who have that history it's yeah like you can't get away from the fact that your riches came from slavery and you know it's just like all this kind of stuff I think is really interesting and I want to ask do you guys think we will see like a Cambridge versus Kensington I mean sorry Clarence versus Kensington come up in what do you in what way in like in the media with the media and leaking against one another and mm. briefing against one another i i'm not i wouldn't be surprised i mean i feel like there's definitely different impulses between charles and william in terms of yes, their what yes. their inclinations are i feel like yeah. i don't know how it'll play out it's just like that's yeah. the thing is that it seems so manipulated sometimes but yes yeah, so, cuz i mean i don't think it would be about like above anyone to do that exactly <laughs> i mean especially with charles i mean he's we've seen before he will he'll do a lot for good press mm-hmm. <laughs> and unfortunately yeah. his sons have been a part of that and I also think it's interesting too because like how they've been with Harry has been really different like Clarence seems more open to like Harry and Megan and you know eventually getting them back in the fold even if it's just like in a York style way you know while mm-hmm. it feels like Kensington is still like absolutely not Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, See, yeah. I get the opposite. I feel like it's Charles who doesn't really want, like, because he's trying to do yeah. the slim down monarchy. So I feel that's like true. he's really trying to cut off everyone Everybody. that's not the direct heir. But yeah. then William is like, has, I think, deep down a, a soft spot, I hope, for his yeah. brother. Maybe I I'm being so optimistic. Too. But no. I just think maybe the brothers will band together and Charles, who, you know, that would be over the year. years, I've yeah, grown to <laughs> yeah, you know, like less together. Much. Yeah, that's his worst fear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man. I mean, well, Charles is really good at being manipulative, so you never know with him. Like, he's. I mean, the Diana really stuff, good. just I can never get that out of my head.
head when you I know, Alex, we have loved this. We like could keep yes. talking to you for hours. We clearly <laughs> should have ex- had like a, a special extended episode. One thing we ask every guest that's on the podcast that we just wanted to end with is if you could identify with any royal dead or alive, who would it be and why? Um, This sounds so obvious, I know, but I have to say me. Or no, actually, I think I kind of would say Diana. I, I the funny thing is I want to say Megan, but I think of more I'm a more Diana. Um, I think she's wonderful. I think she's like selfish in all the right ways and the wrong ways. I think um, <laughs> her confidence is amazing, you know. And even if maybe it's a little too much sometimes, or you know, she shot a shot or shoot her shot a little too hard. I love her for that. She just went hard, and I think that's how I would be. I think if I was stuck in her situation, I would go all out like she did. Like there's been a lot of class with Megan. I think I would have been a Diana revenge dress and a lot of metaphorical <laughs> FUs yes. to the entire institution the whole time. The I'm revenge like, dress. California, FU, FU, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Megan did it classy. I think I would have gone Diana's route. <laughs> go full force, so full funny. on. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for joining. And yes, we you know you. we are huge yeah, fans. And uh, yeah, it's a privilege to talk to you. Thank you. This is so awesome. This is amazing. Thank you Thank so you. <laughs> much for coming on. All right. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. I have two quick lows. One is the BBC paying $2 million to charity, which sounds good, but it does feel like guilt money after covering their tracks for so long. The $2 million is supposed to cover the amount the network made from selling the global rights to that Panorama interview, plus the reparations from that. Um, I mean, this is like their I'm sorry money, I guess, (laughs) and trying to make amends for the deceitful methods in which the Diana interview was obtained. So it just feels kind of icky no matter what. It's definitely guilt money. The other low is Megan's dad, Thomas Markle Sr., talking to Dan Wooten on GB News last week. I saw this interview, but Rachel, you pointed out to me recently that he was talking to Dan Wooten, who's the editor of The Sun. I was really upset. kind of, yeah, behind a lot of the leaks about the Sussexes when they were still senior royals. And so, I mean, the whole thing is just awful. Like, Thomas says that he remains confused over why the relationship has broken down and then accuses Megan of lying for years. So it's like, how are you confused about why your relationship is not where it is? You're saying to everyone that she's been lying. So it's so awful. He's, I mean, I think this Dan Wooten stuff, it's it's pretty disgusting. And either, you know, her dad is stooping so low to go to the person that he knows has really manipulated the press against them for a long time or... You know, he's being manipulated himself. So, yeah, I, I can't know. tell and I can't believe Double that it's problem. a video interview, too. I know, I know. Milo is the Kate and Megan Netflix rumors, which we talked a little about a little bit with Alex. It just, I feel like it feels false to me. And I think I'm just really, maybe my rant of this episode is just the like, according to sources, it's just irking me. Like, I definitely mm. feel like, who is this source that talked to Us Weekly? The, supposedly, the rumor is that Megan reached out to Kate about sharing an inside look into the future Queen Consort's life for Netflix. So, I mean, it would be amazing. Like, I'd love to see them collaborating. And that yeah. would be, that's where, I guess, it becomes like a high if that actually did come for, to fruition. <laughs> if it's true, though. Only if it's true. But the hearsay, it's like a source exclusively yeah. reveals. It just feels like clickbait somehow. And then it gets picked up everywhere. It just annoys me. So it's a low. Yeah. 
My high this week is we got a video of Beatrice chatting with podcaster Giovanna Fletcher, who we know. She's Kate. like the, ins- she's like got the connections. I love. I know. She's like the Royals top choice for interviewing them, which is really Good interesting. For her. She interviewed Kate for a podcast for the Happy Mom, Happy Baby podcast. Um, but I just love, you mentioned this a long time ago, but I think Beatrice does have this ultimate Daphne from Bridgerton vibes to her. She, she sounds so much like Daphne, like their voices sound so similar. So here's that clip. Any child, any bonus son or future babies that are on their way um, are lucky enough to be diagnosed with dyslexia. I feel incredibly grateful to have tools such as the uh, Hannah Health Centre to be able to to tap into, to yeah. be able to, to give them that extra support. You know, my, my husband's also dyslexic, so um, we'll see whether we're having this conversation in a couple of months' time with... Uh, <laughs> A new baby in the house, but uh, but I, I really see it as a gift. I, first of all, I didn't know that Edda was dyslexic. I feel like that was kind of like a whoa. Also, that was interesting that she just dropped that. And a couple months time is that a baby due date reveal? I know. Now I'm thinking October because yeah. I just. I mean, who knows when this interview happens? But, but it's uncanny. I did love also. Yeah, I did love that. Uh, the interior too. We got a glimpse of their interior because of their home because Edo is so into real estate and interior design. And I just feel like it was as beautiful as I expected. There's like antique gold frames on the wall and this like gorgeous cream colored walls. So it was, it was, yeah, but Phoebe Denver and uh, uncanny. Beatrice, they got to do a crossover or something. It's crazy. Oh my gosh. My high was the Cambridges, their new Earthshot video that they shared on the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge Instagram account. It's also on the website in the wake of the climate change report, which really has me stressed and down and talk about figuring out ways to help. I just, it gives me sort of optimism and I really appreciate that from the Cambridges and William's efforts on this. Also, we know that the Earthshot book is coming soon. I went back to the website, Roberta, and there's like all these updates. So talk about website updates. You got to go check it out. And the awards are October 17th. So it's just kind of nice, I guess, to pause focusing on some of there's been so much drama around the Royals. And it's really nice to just put the attention back on a cause. And I love Earthshot and everything about it. So yeah, same. Back back on their charities that they're they're working so hard for. October seventeenth is also coming up so fast, so fast. I feel like save my fall plans, the date. Delta variant memes like are really hitting hard right now because like how do you plan for anything? But hopefully, hopefully that comes up on October seventeenth. All right, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating. Here's a recent review. It's a long one, so bear with me. It's titled "Something to Look Forward To." As a closeted fan of all things history and royal, my friends just don't get it, and that's fine. I definitely look forward to the pod every week. The hosts are incredibly fair with their coverage of all the members of the family and don't shy away from the very real problems that come with the institution. It's so important to call out the nasty side of of things such as the abhorrent racism Meghan and baby Archie receive, the atrocities that are Prince Andrew, you can say that again, the crazy spending, and many more. I feel like they genuinely want for these people to do better, and that's all we should want as fans. Happiness aside, I love how fun the pod manages to be with little tidbits of history and fun facts, such as the drinks of choice, which we failed to do today. Sorry about that. (laughs) And the hosts are so positive and totally make up for my lack of having anyone to talk to about all things royals. I wish I could join the convo. That being said, I feel like the hosts have a lot more to say, but are constantly pressed for time and rushing one another. I want to hear these things, and I wish the episodes were longer to accommodate even more commentary. I also echo the sentiments of others that I would love to get more BIPOC contributors. Roberta, I want more time with you every episode. We're just trying to respect everyone's time and 
I know. feel, but this is a, this is good feedback. <laughs> we actually, I just feel like we have been rushing ourselves to be like closer to 30 minutes for each episode because it does feel like there's so much and we just want to, you know, be able to get through it on your commute or your morning jog or whatever it is. But we will definitely try to slow down a little bit and give ourselves some breathing room. Good call outs in this review. All right. Remember to subscribe to our podcast. So you never miss an episode. You can send us an email. Please, please send us an email for our 40 by 40 call out info at gallerypodcast.com. You can follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito. And I'm at RKBNYC. And the podcast is at Royally Obsessed Podcast. And till next week, God, God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.